1: He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
2: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel.
0: As I am now in the second month of a very serious injury, a fall that will not allow me to use my right leg.
2: I want to say to you, without any hesitation, I began to pray sometime before this happened, remembering Evan Roberts' famous prayer from the Welsh Revival. He prayed, break me. Break me. Bend me. Well, I began to pray that prayer. And promptly, Jesus took me up on it and broke me physically. Now,
0: my primary concern is not that I ever walk again. Lots of people have been injured very seriously, and they've never been able to recover. Now, I do expect to recover by the blood of Jesus.
2: But I want to go to the spiritual issue. And the spiritual issue has been, I've known for a long time that there was just too much Ray, too much pride, too much self-assurance, too much of everything, too much Ray. And I had been asking, Lord, would you put me on the lathe? Uh, Do you know what a lathe is? Um, My brother loves to do woodworking. And he'll put a hunk of wood on a lathe. And it spins. And then he uses his chisels and carves out of that block of wood something beautiful. And I've been saying, Lord, I'm too big. You can't use me like I am. Would you put me on the lathe? And would you chip me down? Would you reduce me? Well, he's answered that prayer. I've learned what it's like to not be able to do anything on your own whether it's getting a drink, fixing a coffee, taking a walk, going to get the mail, to be totally reduced to waiting upon another precious person to take care of you. Now, I don't want to burden another person with all of that. Now, where were we?
0: I was saying, I have to be reduced down. I've been praying that God would do that in my life. I've been asking him to reduce me and so he's doing that and part of what i'm experiencing is a lot of pain a lot of a lot of pain but that's okay i don't mind pain pain can teach me an awful lot and it is so part of what i'm having to do is a lot of time in prayer and confession, in examining my life and my heart, and saying, Lord, what do I do? Now, Jesus has just dealt with the, the man from the Gadarenes who was utterly demon-possessed. This man had legion of demons in him. And he came roaring out at Jesus. I'm sure the disciples wanted to flee. This was a very strong and evil spirit in this man. Could break the chains... Well, I need all the chains broken in my life, the chains of of pride, of ambition, of, okay, I can do this. I can go here or there. I can, no, I'm not. I can't go right now. I can't go anywhere. I can't even step out of my front door. It's too hard to maneuver to even get out the door. I guess what I'm trying to say to you today is, how full of you are you? How much are you dependent on you and not on Jesus I know that this Gadarean, after he was set free of these demons and the pigs, the pigs all ran down the hill and went out into the, into the sea of Galilee and drowned. Now all he wanted to do was go with Jesus. I love the man for that. He just wanted to to walk with Jesus. He wanted to be a disciple. But Jesus said to him, No. No. Go to your own house, to your own people, and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has shown you mercy well that makes me wonder what has the lord done for you and what mercy has he shown to you and as jesus is jesus saying go to your own house to your own people report to them what great things the lord but you have no great things to report because you're just A worldly Christian with no experience of the immediacy of Jesus in your heart and in your life. You have nothing to witness for or about because nothing has happened in your life. I can't live that way anymore. Now, my family thinks I should have immediately gone to a doctor, gotten x-rays, Let a doctor treat me. Well, then, what's my witness going to be? Look at what Dr. Johnson has done for me. No, I want to be able to say, look what Jesus has done for me. Look what Jesus has done for me. You know what? I really don't care, bottom line, what happens to me, but I have an immense care for what happens to the many people I love who do not have a relationship with Jesus, who are not willing to put it on the line for them, for Jesus. We've got to come into a place that's totally different than anything we've even thought about. See, I know the gig. Go to college. Or drop out of college. Or don't go at all. Get married. Get a job. Have children. Wonderful little grandbabies. And then go to the school parties, go to the social events at the church. Don't get too serious at church, unless it's a very serious social group for you. And then, okay, that's where your fellowship is. Really? Well, then you know what comes next. You get involved in all the kids' activities at school. It gets even more involved when they're off to high school. You want to make sure you get them to their games. You want to make sure you get them to their practices. You want to enroll them in the dance. You want to enroll them in the in the baseball because your kids are very much into baseball. One family I know... Their son was very good at baseball. And so they've traveled all over the country, hoping that somehow by going to all of these games and being a part of these leagues, this son will be able to get a scholarship for college and then maybe go pro. These are all the things of life. But I know where that goes. The kids get relationships built with, with others. They find that pretty little gal or that handsome young man. Right now they seem to be all moving in with each other. Even in the Christian church, everybody's moving in with each other. And then, and then what? Well, they have a child out of wedlock. They're not real serious about Jesus anymore. They begin to get some tattoos. Yes, I am implying that if you get tats, you're not very serious about Jesus. You have other things going on in your heart and in your life. Now, I don't mean to raise a storm of, I'm just saying it like it is, guys. I don't have time to play games with Christian faith anymore. Not that I ever did, but I did. And then kids get married, they're sent off, they buy houses. After they bought the houses, they begin to look at their mom and dad begin to look at their retirement and may recognize they don't have enough money to retire, and so they've got to push a little bit more. It means for most, it means your social life begins to be built in around your doctor and your financial analysis. It's just the flow of life. But the flow of life for most Christians in America is a social flow. It's not a spiritual flow. It's not about Jesus. And so if something happens to you, as happened to me, you can't get to the doctors fast enough, get the bones mended, and then you find out that you have leukemia or some other disease, and you have this amount of time left in life, and so you have to move very quickly to try to get a few things in your bucket list before you die, or you are healthy as a, as a goat and... You're going to go travel. So you travel the world. But the end is inevitable. You are going to go through all of this process called life. And then at the end of that process, they're going to put you in a very pretty casket. And your life is over. Have you made Jesus the sinner? Have you sought after him? Have you spent your time seeking after Jesus? Or have you spent your time seeking after your, your hobbies, your pleasures? One woman, older than me, I loved her dearly. She was very precious to me. But she wanted to spend her time, because dad was gone, she wanted to spend her time with piles of romance novels, preferring Christian romance novels. And when she finally passed, I don't think she'd ever gotten serious with Jesus no, that's from a close-up observation. But I never heard any words from her mouth that encouraged me in Jesus. When I'd see her, she would never say to me, and I saw her constantly, she never said to me, Ray, what's Jesus saying to you? Where are you with Jesus? Never asked me that question. Never said to me, Ray, what scripture are you studying now? And what have you learned this week that you could share with me about Jesus and about heaven? I don't have much longer to live. I've got to be right with Jesus. I want to meet him. She never said that to me. I don't want to go through life with that foolishness hanging around my neck because it will take me straight to hell. I'm crying out for Jesus. It's Jesus I need, it's the Word of God I need. And I'm drinking it. And I'm eating it. And I'm asking everybody around me, what's Jesus saying to you? Most look at me like, are you crazy? Jesus doesn't talk to me. He talks to me. I expect him to talk to you. And then I'll say, what are you reading in the scriptures? What passages of scriptures have you been dealing with? And what have you been learning about those passages of scripture? Well, they don't know how to answer me. Well, the answer is quite clear. They're not saying anything, they're not reading anything, and they're not hungering after Jesus. I don't mean to be negative. Please, brothers, sisters. I want Jesus, and I want you to dwell in Him, and with Him, and for Him. I don't want to walk. In uncleanness, I want to walk clean before the Lord. I want you to walk clean before Jesus. So essentially, it really doesn't matter to me what happens with me, I only want the will of Jesus. And whatever he wants, I want. And so I've been doing a lot of praying and just saying, Lord, help me break through in this prayer realm. Take me deep. I don't want shallow, cheap prayers. I want to go deep in Jesus. Do you? well, you know what? They came to the other side of the sea from the Gadareans. And as soon as they got out, there was a great multitude gathered to him by the sea. And one of the rulers of the synagogues comes. His name was Jairus by name. And he falls at Jesus' feet and begins to call upon him earnestly. When was the last time you fell on your face before Jesus and cried out earnestly to him? Where you said, Jesus, I have to have you. Jesus, I'm not going to make it if you don't come. Jesus, I need you. When was the last time you got on your face before Jesus and laid aside all of your pride, laid aside all of your talent, all of your wisdom? When was the last time you just shucked all of that stuff off? When I tell you that Jesus has me on the lathe, I mean literally, he's just cutting off my heart, all of that excess stuff. My judgments, my opinions, my pride, my judgments about how other people are doing or about how I'm doing, just lay it aside when was the last time you did that and opened your heart and said Jesus whatever you want to do with me is okay but get me cleaned up put me on the lathe and just cut me down I tell you I I woke up this morning maybe I shouldn't tell you this I woke up this morning after sleeping on the couch because I can't climb the stairs to the bedroom. I woke up this morning and I felt like there wasn't much left of me. I felt like about 75% of me was gone. (laughs) And I said to Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Finish this work. You have to become more, and I have to become less. So please, please, Jesus, reduce me even more. Reduce me until the work is done and he can use me or not use me it's up to him i'd like to pray with you would you pray with me this this broadcast is not about entertainment i've not tried to entertain you today in any manner I've tried to get really straight and honest with you. Will you do that with me with Jesus right now? Lord, I'm coming now broken, reduced in size, reduced in ability, and I'm asking that you take every person listening to this broadcast And would you do the same with them? Oh, not the same way, but in whatever way you know you have to do it to cause every person listening to this broadcast to get so sick and tired of their own strength and their own complaints and their own attitudes and their own sweet evil spirits that they like to go to on the television. Lord, some of the people listening to this broadcast actually go to the Marvel movies and watch the demons play. Lord, what are they going to think when these Marvel characters show up in real life in Washington, D.C.? Lord, what are they going to think when their neighborhood is filled with Marvel characters that have taken on life and are full demons Lord, we've we've sinned so against you. And we've allowed the darkness to come in. We've allowed the darkness to take over our lives. Lord, I just come pleading now that every man and woman who hears me and who's ready to get serious with you would flee from every wicked thing they have in their home. Lord, if I came and visited each person in their home, I wonder what I would find. Would I find slick American magazines touting all of the worldly poison? Oh, Lord. Would I find evil, violent video video games and children being filled with wickedness? Lord, would I find large screen televisions where dad sits down and watches his wicked games, his violent games? Lord, what would I find would i find alcohol would i find all of the wicked story books lord what would i find What would you find, Jesus, if you went right now and searched that house? I'm asking you, Jesus, would you go by your spirit and would you search every house that has this radio on that somebody's listening to? Would you go into that place and would you search it with a spotlight? And would you curse the darkness? And would you bring your light? Would you bring your compassion? Lord, would you bring now for every person a deep inner cry to be reduced down, to be humbled, to give up their anger to give up the evil words they've been speaking about others. To give up their complaints. To give up their ambition. And their worldly travel. Oh Lord. Worldly travel is not going to bring this brother or this sister into the household of God. God. It's not going to do anything for them except take their time and money and energy and fool them into thinking they're having a good time. But they're dead in their spirit. They're not bringing people to you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, there has to be a change. Change. And, Lord, I've recognized that change has to occur first in me and my wife as we now are crying out before you for your mercy. Lord, we all say, yes, we want revival. But revival starts in my heart being reduced down and praying and repenting. And Lord, it's clear that you call us not just to say I'm sorry. You call us to leave our evil ways, our evil habits. You call us to turn aside from that wickedness. You call us to clean up our houses To get rid of those wicked things that fill our homes with witchcraft, with worldly entertainment. Lord, you call us to wash and scrub our houses and make them a place where you can abide, where you can come and dwell, where you feel welcome. Lord, would you do that? Lord Jesus, we're so far from even beginning to be where we are, where we need to be for revival. Lord, where we are is just a long ways away from you, Jesus. Oh, we know the theology. Yes, we can talk about it. We can even raise our hands and rattle our tongues. We can shout and spit. But it's dead. We can even have pastors pray over people and have them fall down and and give them a little courtesy uh, blanket to put over their legs. But it's all false. There's no power in it. No power to change this city of Washington. No power to change our government. Lord, we've been wiped out. We've been lied to. And yet many, Lord, will continue going to the same little same little church, same social circle. They're not going to go look for you. They're not going to go look for a place where there's aliveness in the spirit. Oh, Lord, there has to be a change. It has to start with me. And with each brother and sister who's listening, we have to have a change. And I'm asking, Lord, if that change could come now. Almighty King, how are we going to survive the coming storm when we're so ill-prepared to meet our God. I know the storm is coming, Lord. I know things are beginning to happen in the world that will take the lives of countless numbers of people. Lord, this morning I I heard about the bridge in Ukraine that was blown, and now thousands of people are having to be quickly evacuated on the Russian side or they will be swept away in death Lord we never know what's going to happen but are we ready and the answer is clearly no we're not ready so Lord I plead today your mercy I plead your kindness I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I know that many homes and many people who are listening to this broadcast are caught in witchcraft and they don't even know it. These seducing spirits rule over the homes of many people. In Washington, D.C. And in the church in Washington, D.C. And many churches are filled with demon power. Lord, there has to be a change. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Where is a man or a woman who will stand up and speak the truth to us about getting to Jesus? About repenting about turning from our wicked ways about stopping the homosexuality stopping the shacking up stopping all of the unclean sexual practices like sodomy Lord where is that man or that woman who will stand up like a prophet of old and say enough the judgments of God are coming upon you Turn now, or you will be destroyed. Lord, Jonah went to Nineveh, and that was his message. And your spirit moved them to repent, put on sackcloth and ashes, and fast for three days. And the city was spared Lord, it's going to take the same thing to save Washington, D.C. I ask, Lord, now would you come? With mighty power, would you come? Lord, we need revival now. We need now to have people finally make a decision to get clean with you, Jesus, to not play games with you anymore. Lord, we need now for men and women in Washington, D.C. to stop going to the popular places, the clubs, yea, even the churches that are filled with darkness. It's time, Lord, for people to enter into revival, to confess their sins, to get right with you, Jesus. Surely now is the time to do this. Would you come now, Lord? Would you move in power now? Lord, please, don't let people just blow off this message. Don't let them just turn aside and comfort their hearts. Lord, we've got to get to you. We're in trouble. The church is in trouble. It's time for the sirens to go off. It's time. The devil's coming with power to destroy God's people. And they have no place of shelter under your blood except a make-believe place. But they still love the things of darkness. They still go to the same shows and the same TV shows and the same movies and the same, 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 same. Lord, it has to change. Come in power now, please, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenlee from Pilgrim's Progress at the National Prayer Chapel. I hope what you've heard today has disturbed you. It's disturbed me. I come and all I can do is weep before the Lord. And I have no power to change it. I know Jesus does. And my eyes are on Jesus. Do I like being broken? No, I don't. But I like what it's bringing in my heart, I like the humility it's bringing to my spirit. I like that I'm being cut down. I like what Jesus wants to accomplish in this city. I like I like to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So where are you today? Do you have any thoughts? I'd love to hear from you. I'm sure some of you are pretty angry at me. That's okay. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to make people happy. It really doesn't matter to me if people get angry or not, as long as I'm being honest about Jesus. And in this broadcast, I've been very honest with you about Jesus and about your sin. Your pride. Your arrogance. Reality is reality. It is what it is and it ain't what it ain't. So I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me by writing... Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That again is Pastor Ray Greenlee, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. I hope we can get this radio broadcast up on the web. I see in my audio mixer on my YouTube uh, that there is no sound going through it, unfortunately. I don't know why. But my Precious brother Ed will come and check it out. So we're just about out of town. Go to our webpage NationalPrayerchapel dot com. National dot com. You can give online and I want to thank whoa. All of you who has given in the last week, I just saw that. Thank you. Well, now, let me say a benediction. We ask for your blood covering to shelter us, Jesus. We ask that we be sheltered by your precious blood. We ask that you carry us in this work of revival in our hearts. And I'm standing by faith that today, revival has begun in Washington, D.C. Lord God, let it be true. Let it be according to your word. I thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. I thank you for listening today. Again, I apologize for all the technical issues we have faced today. But I know Jesus knows what he wants to do with this broadcast. Obviously, it's not the broadcast I'd intended today. But it's okay. This is his radio broadcast, not mine. He can change it any way, any he wants to. But I do love you. I love each one of you. Some of you I haven't heard from for a long time. Are you still listening or have you disappeared? Let me hear from you. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. To him who is able to keep you
1: from falling And to present you blameless Before the presence of his glory with grace